Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. When it comes to picking the perfect treats for your dog, Stuart makes the choice easy by keeping it real. Real ingredients, real nutrients, real benefits. Stuart dog treats are free from additives, corn, soy, wheat, and grains. Plus, they're freeze-dried to lock in all the great nutrition and natural flavor your furry friend deserves. Stewart freeze-dried dog treats. Big, tail-wagging nutritional benefits. Available on Amazon.com today. As we come on the air, the dangerous weather across America with catastrophic fires in the West and tonight, a hurricane barreling toward the Gulf Coast. A state of emergency declared in three southern states ahead of Hurricane Sally. Evacuations are ordered with roads already underwater in Alabama and Mississippi. Life-threatening storm surge expected. And out west, apocalyptic fires. The death toll rising. More than 16,000 California firefighters battling strong winds. Why California's governor says breathing the air is as dangerous as smoking 20 packs of cigarettes. And tonight, a family's heartache. The story of a 13-year-old boy trying to save his grandmother from the flames in Oregon. Plus, the politics of wildfires. Joe Biden calls President Trump a climate arsonist. It'll start getting cooler. I wish you just watch. The president denies climate change is real in an extraordinary exchange with a California state official. Well, I don't think science knows, actually. The manhunt intensifies for a suspect in a brazen ambush of two deputies in Los Angeles. And tonight, the new video showing the heroic effort of the officer shot in the face trying to save her partner's life. Hair down parade, how the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade will be a lot different this year. And spreading sunshine, a farmer's gift in troubled times. Two million sunflowers. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news tonight. What's now being called Hurricane Sally is threatening the Gulf Coast and growing stronger by the minute. Just a few hours ago, Sally was a tropical storm, but as we come on the air tonight, the system has picked up so much force, it is now a Category 2 hurricane. We want you to take a look at this storm because forecasters now tell us that Sally is intensifying so rapidly that it could be a dangerous Category 3 hurricane by the time it slams into the coast tomorrow. Tonight, more than 
17 million Americans are in Sally's path and hundreds of miles of coastline are under storm watches and warnings. From Louisiana all the way to the panhandle of Florida, millions of Americans are scrambling to board up their houses and move out before the storm's flooding rain and 100 mile per hour winds move in. Now, Sally is the seventh hurricane this season, and there are four more active storms brewing in the Atlantic right now. Tonight, scientists are blaming that, as well as the devastating wildfires out west on climate change, something President Trump challenged while visiting California today, creating yet another battle line in the race for the White House. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is going to lead off our coverage in Dauphin Island, Alabama, where there's already flooding tonight. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Nora. The worst of this storm is not expected to hit this area until well into tomorrow. But already tonight, here along Dolphin Island, Alabama, as you can see, we are already getting the first impacts of Hurricane Sally. These gusty winds churning up the waves and the water already lapping up to where we're standing. As time to prepare runs out, the threat of Hurricane Sally comes into focus. Storm surge of up to 11 feet for parts of the Gulf Coast and rainfall of up to 16 inches. Yeah, just don't want to take any chances with the storm. It's always good to be prepared. Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana have all declared a state of emergency. We're here, and of course it changed every, almost every hour, uh, 7 to 11 feet of, of storm surge. Andrew Gillich is the mayor of Biloxi, Mississippi. The winds are going to be an issue, but the storm surge, the flooding is your biggest concern. That's what kills people. And that's why you want them to get out. That's right. Earlier forecasts showed the hurricane making a direct hit on New Orleans. Sally is now tracking east, but officials still aren't taking any chances. CBS News' Mireya Villarreal is there as floodgates close and the city braces for a potential storm surge. So the system was put into place after Hurricane Katrina. The idea is the big metal door behind me is going to close tightly and minimize the storm surge that goes into the city. Even before intensifying, Sally had already dumped close to a foot of rain in parts of Florida, like the Keys. The National Hurricane Center is predicting the storm surge will be deadly, and officials are urging people to get out. The time to leave Dauphin Island is quickly approaching. That's because a bridge is the only roadway on or off the island, and it will be shut down as soon as the winds get too high. The storm surge here is expected to be anywhere from six to nine feet, and Nora, clearly that would be well over our heads. Manny Bohorquez, thank you for your reporting tonight. Thank you. Let's get the latest now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. So, Lonnie, this storm is expected to be extremely dangerous. Oh, you betcha. I mean, look, hurricanes often come with more water than wind. This one has both. It's going to pack a punch in both areas. Now, take a look at what we're dealing with. Right now, the storm has 100-mile-per-hour winds. It's a Category 2, 140 miles southeast of Biloxi, Mississippi. Where do I think landfall is going to be and exactly when? I want to be more precise on that. I think it's going to be somewhere right around the Mississippi-Alabama border as a Category 2, if not a Category 3. It's going to be borderline. Boy, it's going to be close. And I do believe it's going to pack a punch with the water. I mean, a lot of rain, but also storm. 
storm surge around Mobile Bay could be, you know, 7 to 11 feet. And look at the rainfall totals. Anywhere from a foot to two feet in this area, shaded in black, Mississippi-Alabama border, that could be two feet or more of rain. And then if you take a look at what else is out there, we've got all kinds of names in the Atlantic Basin. So we've got Paulette, we've got Renee, we've got Sally, Teddy, Vicky. This could very well become Wilfred. It is a record-setting season so far. I think that will become Wilfred. If that happens, we are then out of letters. We don't use X, Y, and Z. Then we go to the Greek alphabet. We are three weeks ahead of schedule of 2005, which is the most active hurricane season on record. Nora, I believe you and I right now, we're living through history. I think we will break that record. All right. Good thing I studied Latin, not Greek. All right. Thanks, Lonnie. Yeah. Now to the West, where at least 35 people are confirmed dead from those historic wildfires. Dozens of major fires are raging across the region. The devastation is unimaginable. And tonight we have the story of a 13-year-old who died while trying to rescue his grandmother. Here's CBS's Jonathan Bigliotti. It's been more than a week, and the historic fires continue to rage. More evacuations in Southern California as flames close in. Hundreds of homes already lost throughout the West. Today, President Trump uh, was briefed by officials. It's a tough battle, but they've never let us down. One of the hardest-hit areas, the Northern California town of Berry Creek. This map showing all the homes damaged or destroyed. The West Zone fire swept through Butte County so fast, 14 people were killed, and today the search is on for at least seven who are still missing. The fire's also creating thick smoke, so hazardous, California's governor says it's like smoking 400 cigarettes a day. Among cities with the world's worst air quality, Portland ranks second. Seattle and San Francisco also in the top five. In Oregon, where flames exploded as they roared through, we saw today a surreal scene. Talent Oregon covered in retardant, meant to save this town. It was no match. The entire neighborhood now in ruins. Oregon officials fear the death toll could dramatically rise. It already includes Peggy Masso and her 13-year-old grandson, Wyatt Tofty. He was such a brave boy trying to go back to save his grandma. I think he's a hero trying to save her opposed to caught in the flames and just panicking alone. They all did die together. Wyatt's mother escaped in a separate car. She survived, but she's recovering in the hospital tonight with severe burns. The heat and the wind are expected to last through the week. Firefighters say these blazes could burn until November, Nora. Oh, my goodness, Jonathan. Thank you. And as those wildfires rage across the West tonight, Joe Biden is launching an extraordinary attack on President Trump, calling him a climate arsonist whose denial of science is responsible for the widespread destruction. Biden's new assault came just as the president was sitting down for a briefing about those blazes in California, which quickly turned into a debate over climate change. Here's CBS's Paula Reed. President Trump was given a lesson on the realities of climate change by California's governor, Gavin Newsom. We come from a perspective, humbly, uh, where we submit uh, the science is, uh, in and observed evidence is self-evident uh, that climate change is real. The growing number of wildfires has been linked to global warming, but the president disputes the science and instead blames poor state management of forests. There has to be good, strong forest management. Despite the fact that most California fires are on federal land. 
The summer has been deemed the hottest on record, yet President Trump claimed today that the high temperatures will drop in spite of overwhelming scientific evidence to the contrary. It'll start getting cooler. I you wish just, you just watch. I wish science agreed with you. <laughs> hey, well, I don't think science knows, actually. We need a president who respects science. Former Vice President Joe Biden called the president a climate denier and predicted more catastrophic events if Mr. Trump is reelected. If you give a climate arsonist four more years in the White House, why would anyone be surprised if we have more America blaze? Meanwhile, the Democratic governor of Nevada called the president selfish and reckless for rallying thousands of supporters inside a warehouse last night, defying state regulations. The president told the crowd the coronavirus was nearing its end, despite evidence to the contrary. And in an exchange with Bob Woodward, obtained by CNN, President Trump again said his response to the pandemic was flawless. Nothing more could have been done. Well, I acted early. New evidence tonight that the Trump administration may be trying to improperly influence the CDC. HHS spokesman Michael Caputo and an advisor have been pushing for changes to the CDC's weekly reports. Caputo says he wants to protect against deep state motives, but health experts say this is unprecedented and may result in further distrust of that critical agency. Nora. Paula Reed at the White House. Thank you. Tonight, the hunt for the suspect in the shooting of two sheriff's deputies in Southern California is intensifying. The reward has grown to at least $150,000. The deputies were shot yesterday as they sat in their cruiser. Both are expected to survive thanks to a heroic effort by one of them. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. Tonight, new video shows the wounded 31-year-old female deputy covered in blood applying a tourniquet to her 24-year-old partner's bleeding arm. And she's shot in the face. She's one tough mom. Actually, they were both shot in the head, and the fact that they weren't gravely disabled from it is just a miracle. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva says the department now has 14 homicide investigators working to track down the shooter. We have some good leads that we're working on right now, and obviously I'm not going to divulge them, but uh, they're promising. In this surveillance video, you can see the gunman walk right up to the patrol car and fire several shots. Both deputies were hit multiple times, on the job just 14 months each. But the sheriff says the male deputy still tried to return fire. He tried to... Uh grabbed his his gun, but his right hand was disabled. This is the female deputy calling for help after being shot in the jaw. So what's it like for you to see this happen to two of your own? Oh, it breaks my heart. It pisses me off at the same time that a coward would just ambush them and they're just doing their job. And um, we're going to get them. The manhunt now in its third day. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. Tonight, there's new concern about young people spreading the coronavirus. Wisconsin is now seeing its highest daily caseload because of spikes in college towns. And as we come on the air tonight, more than six and a half million cases have been reported in the U.S. The virus has killed nearly 195,000. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste. Scenes of unmasked college students crowded together at parties. This one in New York City continue to raise fears of spikes in COVID cases at colleges and universities across the country. And concerns mount for younger students. Kindergarten through 12th grade teachers and parents in New York City frustrated with what they call unsafe conditions at some city schools protested. What do we want? 
Ahead of plans to begin in-person learning next Monday. I love my job and if I am forced into the building, I will go in. You'll risk your own health. Yes. For those of us who can't afford to lose their paycheck, we have to risk our lives. And the risks for teachers are real. A CDC report shows children can play a role in transmission from child care settings to households, emphasizing the importance of contact tracing and mask wearing, especially among staff. And there's vaccine news tonight. UK and Brazil are resuming AstraZeneca Oxford trials, but so far the U.S. is not, after one patient's illness halted worldwide trials last week. Meanwhile, Pfizer expects to know soon if its vaccine is effective. We will know if the product works or not by the end of October. We are learning today from the American Academy of Pediatrics that nearly 550,000 children have tested positive for COVID-19 since the pandemic began. Here in New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio says the city is adding 2,000 teachers to address staffing shortages ahead of the first day of school next Monday. Nora? Nikki Batiste, thank you. I saw the mayor also said 55 teachers there tested positive. We're going to turn now to the 2020 campaign and our CBS News battleground tracker poll in Arizona, where Joe Biden is trying to become the first Democrat to win since Bill Clinton in 1996. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes tonight in our series, America Decides Battleground 2020. You know, if you're voting by mail, you know, if you're going down to the polls. Ask Arizonans about the election and the temperature starts to rise fast. It could be the devil. And I'd vote for him instead of Trump. A Joe Biden presidency represents chaos and anarchy. Voters here are on edge. It's very tense. And it showed up in our battleground tracker. 71% said things in America are going somewhat or very badly. Uh, How do you think the past four years have gone? (laughs) And you can bleep that. Arizonans still give President Trump a one-point edge when it comes to the economy. But the pandemic has emerged as a major issue. Do you think that Joe Biden would do a better job handling coronavirus? He wouldn't have called it a Democratic hoax when he knew that it was deadly. Arizonans who say they were financially impacted by COVID favor former Vice President Joe Biden by 25 points. We laid off almost 500 employees. Cesar Crampton co-owns nine restaurants and bars. He's seen a shift since 2016 when President Trump won this state by nearly four points. A lot of people from California are moving to Arizona. It's making Arizona more of a purple state. Nearly every voter told us their mind is already made up. You're Trump all the way. Yes. I think Biden is a good caretaker for the next four years. That means the race will come down to turnout. Buenos dias, ¿cómo está? Especially when it comes to Latinos, who now make up nearly a third of the state's population. Now I see that people are more interested. Yes, I want to vote. Yes, what do I do? Where do I go? Arizona's 11 electoral votes aren't typically considered pivotal to the election's outcome. But if President Trump repeats his strong showing in the Rust Belt, Vice President Biden will have to pull off upsets elsewhere. And Democrats now believe Arizona is one of their best bets. Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. 
Tonight, a Georgia sheriff's deputy has been fired after video showed him repeatedly punching a black man. Roderick Walker was only a passenger in a car that was pulled over Friday because of a broken taillight. Walker's lawyer says he was asked for his ID. They say he was assaulted when he questioned the request. Walker suffered bruises and a swollen eye. The pandemic is forcing big changes for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Floats and performers will now be limited to a one-block stretch in front of the flagship store in New York City. The giant balloons will be tethered to vehicles to limit the number of handlers. It's been said a sunflower field is like a sky with a thousand suns. We'll imagine 22 acres of them. That's what we found in Kenosha County, Wisconsin. Scott Thompson has been growing berries on his Wisconsin farm for decades, but until this year hadn't planted a single flower. Now it's a sea of yellow. We started planting with one small field, then it was two more fields, then it was 10 more fields, and then the fields got bigger. And that's how we ended up with over 2 million sunflowers. His family had talked about growing sunflowers for years, but the coronavirus convinced them the timing was right. People are going to be looking for a way to naturally social distance and why not be happy in a field of sunflowers. Pictures of the farm have blossomed on social media. After all, it's hard to take a bad shot of a sunflower. Melanie Ashworth and her sisters came to pick their own, $25 for a dozen. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. It's really relaxing. I take it for granted because I live here. I get to look out my back window and see all these flowers, but people who don't get that, it almost takes them back to what normal used to be like. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we're live on the Gulf Coast as that dangerous hurricane makes landfall. I'm Nora O'Donnell. See you tomorrow. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.